Let us prepare our hearts to listen to God's word with a brief time of silence, to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Our first scripture reading this morning is in the Old Testament, Leviticus, chapter 16, verses 15 through 16. The Day of Atonement. He shall then slaughter the goat for the sin offering for the people, and take in blood behind the goat, sprinkle it on the atonement cover and in front of it, in because of the uncleanness and rebellion of the Israelites, meeting which is among them in their tent of uncleanness. Hebrews 9, 11 through 14. When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already there, is not man-made, that is to say, not a part of this cross. But he entered the most holy place once for all redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the unclean sanctify them, so that they are out of the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living. The movie Jackie about Jackie Kennedy after the day. And I was reminded in that movie, the historical fact, how Jackie Kennedy, the pink suit that she was wearing on that infamous day, gunshots, and she wouldn't take it off because she wanted everyone. The writer of Hebrews wants his readers and listeners to see grief, but to know how the blood of Christ and makes us pure and acceptable before God. You know, Christ's blood have access to God. The people of Israel, the high priest's role was to represent the people before God in a special where God dwelt. You know, there are places you and I just can't go. We just can't waltz into the locker room over at Rice Stadium and talk to Coach Whittingham and the youths during halftime. We can't just go backstage at the Utah Symphony and stop, start hobnobbing with the uh, maestro before the performance. If we were in England, we couldn't just go into Buckingham Palace and have a little conversation with the Queen. At the best, at the best, and this is highly unlikely, we might know somebody who has access to those people in those places, but we don't have that kind of access ourselves. At least I don't think we do. The writer of Hebrews explains how the ancient people of Israel had to pray, how they worshipped God, how they had to approach God. And as Israel wandered through the wilderness, God commanded Moses to make a large tent that would be set up wherever they would go so that they could do the various rituals, the various ceremonies to be performed. Later, this was made permanent when the temple was built. But in this temporary and movable tent, 
sometimes called the tabernacle, there was a room called the holy place. In the holy place was a lampstand, a table, and uh, consecrated bread. The lampstand was made of gold. It had six flowering buds coming from it, three on each side, and it held seven lamps, hence it was called the lampstand. There was a table made of acacia wood overlaid with gold, and on the table was what was called the bread of the presence, 12 loaves of bread for the 12 tribes of Israel. And the best explanation for this bread that I could find, because it isn't specifically spelled out in Scripture, the best explanation I could find is that the bread was a symbol of the friendship that God offers and desires with his people. He wants to be in relationship with his people because eating is a symbol of friendship. And the bread was a reminder of the relationship between the Lord and the people. But then, after this holy room, there was a large and thick curtain that separated the holy place from a second room called the Most Holy Place. Uh, In Hebrew, literally called the Holy of Holies. And literally, this second room, the most holy place, called the Holy of Holies, it contained a golden altar, and it had the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark was made of acacia wood. It was also covered with gold. And the Ark held the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. The Ark held a a, a jar with manna, manna which God used to feed the people of Israel in the wilderness, and the ark held the staff of Aaron. Now, the only reason we know this is because of the book of Hebrews. In all ancient writing, Hebrews is the only book we have that tells us what was actually in the most holy place, the holy of holies. Well, the lid that covered the ark was called the mercy seat. And on either side of the mercy seat were carved large, what were called cherubim. They were like angelic figures. And in this room, in this most holy place, is where God's presence was believed and felt to be found. And the high priest was the only one who could go in there, and he could only go in once a year. And he would carry with him, behind that curtain, blood from the sacrifice of animals, and he would sprinkle the blood on the altar as a symbol of cleansing for his own sins and cleansing for the sins of all the people of Israel. The day that the high priest did this was called the Day of Atonement. In Hebrew, it would be called Yom Kippur. It was, it is still a great day, maybe the greatest of days for people of Jewish faith. And Hebrew says that the restriction that only the high priest could go into that most holy place and only once a year, that was the Holy Spirit's way of giving us kind of a visible parable that people can't just walk in on God. There was a separation. The Old Testament book of Leviticus, which is a kind of manual for priests on how to lead the worship and the rituals and the ceremonies, it describes how Aaron, the first high priest, was to do all this. 
And he was to take blood of a sacrificed animal behind the curtain into the most holy place, and he was, he was to sprinkle it on the altar for the uncleanness of the people. Why blood? Isn't there another way this could be done? Why blood? Because blood is life. Also in Leviticus, the Lord says this, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Or as life, it is the blood that makes atonement. Lambs, bulls, goats, they were sacrificed. Life had to be given to atone for sins. And again, the word cleanness. Now, that doesn't refer to physical uncleanness. That wasn't the uncleanness that exists in a soul that has not met. I admit that is absolutely impossible for me to comprehend. Experience that is really holy. I can't fathom the holiness of God. Perfection in every way. And everything in our experience, even the most beautiful, even can't establish our own moral goodness by merely just comparing it to that person. We can't do that. I may think I did that just a little while ago. I've sung before you before. But you know what? Put me next to Placido. I play a little basketball. I played on the MOPC, over 30 guy. Some of us can still move a little bit. But I'm not even worth, worthy to carry his size 20 shoes. I am. I, I floss every day. I get my, I'm a very moral person. Standard. God is the standard. And there is no one who can stand before God and says, I am. And we can't say that because he is a holy who lived by the modern day mantra, God accepts you as you are in the scriptures. God loves us when we're with him. He loves us when we rebel. He loves us when we run away from him. That doesn't necessarily mean acceptance. Acceptance and relationship only come through one way. He is the way for unclean people to live with this holy of the relationship he has with people and he has ordained and anointed his son and that's what Hebrews is describing for us how Christ shed his to the father in the real most holy place the throne room of heaven if once and for all and eternal and Hebrews is telling us how because of this that we need in our daily lives he sees us as clean he sees us as worth God were in their guilt, provided the means for their lives to be in his offered instead. And that blood offered by the priest were how sins were done away with. Remember in Psalm 51, he wants it so badly. The old covenant and the daily yearly. But Hebrew says, how much more then will the blood of Christ cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death or from use or. Yes, the blood of the high priest brought into that most holy place. Pay attention to three words in this verse. Unblemished, the animal that the worshiper brought to be sacrificed had to be without blood, living a sinless life, living in perfect obedience to his father and was a cleanses our consciences. Our consciences are rightly and if we sense we've done something wrong, someone else, or we've been offensive to Christ's blood, for us, and that Christ has gone to God on our behalf and places that are burdened. And we can try to rationalize what we've done with the problem. 
And God's not interested in being at war with us. Part of us? No, he is a father who is waiting for his son, waiting for his daughter to come home because he knows we can't be perfect. His son was perfect, and that is enough. And by his blood, he is able to serve the living God. Clean consciences. When our consciences are struck by failure or some act, what it said earlier in Hebrews, therefore, since we have a great high priest, faith we profess. We do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with us. We profess is to stand on the promises of Christ with God. Hear these promises in other places in the New If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Confess our sins. He who is faithful and just will all unrighteousness. Colossians 1, for in him all the fullness, speaking of Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making you know that you are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors, blood of Christ like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The image of the lamb. In Revelation, there is a scene where there's a great multitude surrounding the throne. They're praising and they're worshiping before the lamb. And when John, who sees this vision, asks he gets, these are the ones who have washed their robes. Interesting oxymoron, isn't it? Made white in the... Now, you know, some people find offensive. There are even some Christian theologians with such talk. And some people have said it's just too primitive or it's just plain gross. And the great old hymns of the faith used to sing about the blood, the blood of the Lamb. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from him. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There to my heart was the blood, if at all. You know how interesting that people get grossed out lots of money to support an industry of films and video games and inter- understand that when we sing or we speak about the blood of Christ we use it as a metaphor it's a- it was executed on the cross it was probably bloodier than anyone could possibly take but the way we speak, metaphor when it says the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin it doesn't mean Jesus blood literally love expressed through the real event of the cross it's a somewhat poetic way Theologically inside God, we now live for him. You know, I learned just recently, Jesus, than just the death of Jesus. Emphasis on the blood. Israel prepared God's people to understand that without the shedding of he did it voluntarily. You know, the animal just had its life taken away. Jesus' love, the animal sacrifice was out of law. We pay debts if we have, not out of law, but out of love. And Christ's sacrifice was rational, he was doing. He was not ignorant, nor was he just caught up in circumstances beyond his... Christ's sacrifice was a response to the will of God and to the terrible predicament of the... Jesus went behind the curtain, going into the presence of God on our... No accomplishment or effort could do. And I really... At a seminary. And he put it like this. He says, Christ's blood is a metaphor that stands... There is no sorrow God has not known... No grief that he has not borne in order to reconcile the world to himself and Christ. It is a love that has endured the bitterest realities of suffering and death in order that its purposes might prevail. Christ's blood signifies primarily 
the depth of the divine commitment to rescue, protect, and sustain those who would otherwise be lost. Love that sheds its own blood for our rebellion. Love that cleanses our sin-stained hearts. He did this for us. Today, you, I, we can approach God. Today, we can seek Him. We can know Him. Be forgiven without the help of anyone else. He welcomes us all. Yes, God has broken through the cleansing blood of Jesus, His Son. Let's pray. Gracious God, keep before us the blood of Christ and relieve every guilty conscience and bathe us in your love. For you see us as clean and holy. It's through the Lamb of God, Jesus, that we pray this. Amen.